When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a proud production of ITM Media. Good day to everyone out there rambling about racing nation. Better late than never, kind of on one note or another, but this show will be out before you guys know it at your regular time. Hello, everyone. Matt Beamer here alongside Preston Lude. Preston, how's it going, man? And look, look, one more thing for your for everybody watching on YouTube. Oh, uh, yeah. White Shot's back. Boom. About time, right? Right, yeah. But how's everything going, man? We're getting this off to a late start this week, but it's better late than never. At it's one okay point because we get to cover things that, you know, we wouldn't have been able to cover if we record, right. recorded, or excuse me, recorded earlier in the week. Right. But, I'm, I'm so glad about this because usually when we release an episode, it's... We miss everything. We miss everything, yeah. and then we have to play catch up and everything. By then, it's old news. Yeah, then nobody wants to listen to us. No. Oh, those guys are like seven days late. Yeah, they're seven days late. But yeah, man. Well, I mean, how's everything going? I just got over some illness, but I'm I'm here, which means I'm here for three straight weeks, which means the streak is alive. The streak is alive, and if you feel lucky enough to play the lottery, you might as well do it at this point. And you might as well with those lottery winnings buy a rambling about racing T-shirt. Hey, look at that! There you go, like that right there, like that right here. I don't know why you're not wearing yours. I, I'm I'm just wearing a jacket. I could I could have worn my OG in the marble shirt. Just go ahead and say it, Preston. What you haven't gotten rambling about racing? I haven't. Yet. Yeah, you're uh, right. I have not. I know, I know you haven't. Well, how else is everything going? I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, I feel much better than. And we, two days ago when I texted you. Yeah, and we got we had an interesting week of racing. We'll cover all that, but we got a big weekend of racing coming up here this weekend. Yeah, isn't it like just exciting? It it really is exciting this time, and I'm so glad about it. And wide shot. I'm so glad we have wide <laughs> shot back, man. Everybody can finally see it. It's great to see the whole aurora of NASCAR them instead of just what's going on behind us and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's good, man. But yeah, glad you're here. I'm about, glad to be here. Are you kidding me? About time you're here. Yeah. Yeah, it is about time. But uh yeah, we're glad that you're joining us as well, listening out there, rambling about race and nation, whether you're on your regular podcast platform or Burns Radio Preston, like we said, we got a lot to cover here. Oh so we so might much. we might as well just get into it with Hey Man. Folks, before we continue on with the start of Season 5 of Ramblin' About Racing, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our online stores at Teespring and Bonfire, where you can find the latest and greatest Ramblin' About Racing gear, such as t-shirts like the one I have on, hoodies, hats, or anyone but lineup exclusively at Bonfire, and so much more. Pint glasses for your beers and everything like that. Just head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the stores tab. And there you can find the links to both Teespring and Bonfire. All 
Every purchase will help out Ramblin' About Racing, bring you better content and hopefully more content at, tra- at tracks around the country later on as we get there. So head on over to ramblinaboutracing.com. Links can also be found be found in the YouTube video below or on your podcast description on your regular podcast platform below. Again, all proceeds help out Ramblin' About Racing, bring you better content in the future. Hey, man. Hey, man. And hey, man, always here at Rambling About Racing, presented by Devo's Outdoor Lining. Head over to devosoutdoor.com. Use code RAMBLIN at checkout for 10% off of your order. That will help us out here at the show. Links can be found at ramblingaboutracing.com. Under the podcast description, or if you're watching this on here on YouTube, under the YouTube description as well, Preston, we have a lot to talk about here. Yes, we do. We have quite a bit to talk about here, and I'm going to start off with this. The Coda races from NASCAR. Oh, we already have an issue here if you're watching YouTube. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Okay, so, okay, I'm going to say right now, folks, we haven't used that camera in a long time, so if you saw that, oh, well, I'm sorry. Oh, we'll, we'll get that fixed by yeah. next week, I promise. But we had Coda this past weekend. How were the races, in your opinion? Uh, I, I, I thought they were pretty good, honestly. I, it was it felt like a welcoming, uh, it was so welcoming to have non-stage breaks back. Yes, that was the big takeaway from the week in the stage breaks. We're going to get more into that later. Well, I guess I could say the races were pretty good, but I mean, there was a few times over the weekend where I was kind of like, uh, this is... There uh, were a few <laughs> points throughout the whole weekend where it was just like one thing after another yes. wasn't working, and no. I we, we could write a book on it. We could have a whole episode dedicated to this without the previews for Australia, Texas for... Texas and Richmond, really. Right, yeah. And and that's just the way it is. But overall, they were they were good for me as yeah. well. Not bad. Not the greatest racing in the world. Not let, let's just say this. I'm glad strategy was back. We'll get more into that. But then just a few things throughout the point of each of the races, just Xfinity Cup and Truck, caused it to take away from its luster. Right. One way or another. But yeah, overall, races are good. Mm-hmm. Races were good. We'll get that off. Just, we'll get, yeah, anyway, I'm trying to be too fancy here. I don't know why I'm trying to be too fancy here, but I, I'm, I'm trying to be too fancy here. So here's the next question I have. Does Coda deserve to stay on the schedule for 2024? That's a, that's a, that's a really tough one. And I, you know, when you, you sent out things that we would maybe hit on and I, I looked at it and I thought about it, I was like, man, cause I know we've talked about it before and I've never really been the biggest advocate of coda in general and hated it ever since they were going to announce going there i want to say no but i don't think it's going to come off the schedule so i guess i'm going to have to be okay with it i mean it wasn't it was it's not bad i think this past weekend may have changed my outlook on it a little bit now that we don't have we didn't have stage breaks it's a little bit better now because with a track like that it's huge it's the only road course that's over three miles long in the series right and we have stage breaks and we're just sitting there and we're just sitting there waiting for this thing to go back green it kills it, it kills me sitting at home i don't know how everybody else sitting at home feels about it i'll say yeah sure let's keep it we can keep it as long, if, as long as the stage breaks go away we can keep it i don't think it's that bad of a track now right now prior to this race weekend here at coda 
I was totally – I don't want to see Coda back on the schedule anymore. I don't want anything to do with it. I, I don't want to see it close to being on the schedule again. Keep it to Formula 1, and I get it. If I were the owners of Coda, I would want more racing there because it's got to earn money somehow. You can't just have one race a year at this track unless you're – what race has one race? The Nashville – but I'm sure you have other preliminary races, but a big major event right there. If I was Coda, I couldn't just survive, I feel like, on Formula One. Mm-hmm. Although that probably brings in a lot of money. Oh, of course. It, it, you want more seats, uh, people in the seats watching racing. Just like at Charlotte Motor Speedway, you'd want more people in scenes, hence the reason they it created the Roval. There's more than one way to skin a cat, but NASCAR is there. Okay. Now, following this past weekend, it's time to put me from the absolutely not to on the fence. Mm-hmm. Things have got to change. I think at, for NASCAR as a whole, before we go back to Coda or any type of road course racing. In fact, any from this weekend forward, this past weekend forward to Coda, a lot of things need to change. Okay. But now I'm on the fence about it. I'm not for it. I'm not against it. They got to prove, they got to sell it to me as a fan. Well, so far they must be working well, since you're on the fence. They're now. working well, and, and a lot of it had to do with the rule changes this past week and not necessarily the rule changes as far as the cars, but the rule changes from NASCAR's point of view as a whole. Okay. But a couple more sh- things need to change there, but I'm on the fence about it now. But anything else regarding that one? Oh. This is going to be a fast-paced episode, people. Yeah, there's a lot. There's, there's a, a lot, lot to cover gonna throw here, out there. and we're going we're gonna to try to cover it all. Third question here. And I think this is going to be a talking point here. Did taking away stage breaks, as far as stage cautions, add or take away from the race? It adds it. It adds to the race. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Throw strategy back in. 100%. It threw strategy back in. It was great hearing they might not make it on fuel. And, of course, we saw cautions uh, yeah, come yeah. out there at the end, which totally negated anything. But had it gone green the rest of the way, it would have been interesting to see if Tyler Reddick could have made it on fuel if anybody else behind them was saving enough to make it on fuel. Mm-hmm. If we were getting down to two to go, are they going to just do a splash and go and stuff like that? I mean, the cautions threw it out. They're coming down to the end of the race, but it was fun watching up to that point. No stage cut breaks. No, it was, it was the, great again. Because the cautions, even there, at, if they happened, when they happened organically, took a long time. Yes. Well, like I said, it's, it's the only track on the schedule excuse me, the only road course on the schedule that's over three miles long. Right. I had it written down somewhere. I wish I could have it. Oh, here we go. 3.41 miles. 3.4. I wrote down every single length of road course. What's the shortest road course? Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Ooh, I have to, oh, the Chicago street course would be the shortest nah, one. Screw Chicago street <laughs> course. I could already tell that's going to be a horrible decision. I hope yeah, I take Coda over Chicago. Let's say that. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't even know where. Just, okay, we don't, we're not going down that rabbit hole yet. So for you, it, it added to it. Me, it added to it as well, especially with the strategy right there. It took me back to the day. Yeah. And it was really help. Anything else to add on that? Because I've got this next one here. No. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. Does NASCAR need a virtual safety car? Ooh, and that, that, that there's a reason why I wrote down the, um, the lengths of road courses. Okay. It, I think it... I want to say yes, but it, it also I think it also depends because if you look at it like this, with like with Formula One, when they have a virtual safety car and someone gets out of the car, there are safety parameters. But like those cars that are going by are not going that slow. 
I mean, they're reduced down to like, uh, it's, it's like 40 or 60% of running speed or some great, I don't remember what it was altogether, but they're not, like with NASCAR, when they have to, if they were to have a like a virtual, some kind of a virtual or safety car or, you know, just a local caution or something like that, you know they're going to have to throw a full course caution because they're worried about safety, which is not a, it's fine. Don't get me wrong, it's fine. But I think it just, I think it just depends on how big the track is, what's really happening at that time to warrant a quote-unquote virtual safety car, well, I guess you could say. Well, let's take this scenario, the Brackislowski situation where he was stalled, in a sense, there, right. and he could have, a virtual safety car could have came out, slowed everybody down to a certain delta, or maybe second, you, you know, there's a way to control it, I'm sure. You have to keep a certain delta. Yeah. But then Kozlowski would have been pulled off the track by a wrecker, or if he would have gotten the car refired in some Or if he would have gotten the car capacity. refired. Right. But the the point is if you're not completely dead in the water, you can be go you can stay in your car, put it in neutral, have a wrecker pick you up, take you off the track, and then they take you they take the driver to wherever they need oh, to yeah, go. Oh yeah, no, a, I I get what scoo- you're saying. Via scooter or golf cart or whatever. Yeah, I mean I, I get what you're saying. I mean it was just like the, the, the last the, few it, overtimes right. when we had guys get knocked around in turn one and like they would pan pan there for a second on the broadcast and then they would go straight back to the leaders and we're all left in suspense. Like, did everybody keep moving? And Mike Joy's just like, oh, like, I understand that we can rely on Mike Joy, but like, hey, how about let show us? Maybe you could split screen split it. Screen. You guys split screen it a lot of the times to begin with, mm-hmm. especially when they do commercials. Why can't you split screen and show me what the heck is going on over there? Because we're left in suspense going, oh my God, did everybody get back going? Because we know if nobody gets back going, NASCAR's going to be like, oh yeah, well, let's throw that yellow. I mean, I don't know if I don't, I can't remember if it was the first or the second one. I mean, my God, they almost got all the way back around the track to take the white flag, and then NASCAR was like, "Oh, there's the caution," and they're like, "What? What's happening here? What are we doing? Like, why?" You know, I understand that debris is flying from cars with tires that are going down and everything like that, but like, if you can't throw the caution quicker than that, and you're gonna let this guy drive all the way down the track with debris flying all over the place, and then throw the caution, like, what? What are we doing? Not just all the way down the track, all the way around the three point. One yeah, four mile exactly. twenty turn like, what, track. What are we doing? Like, dude, they, there was that one point where they were panning back and forth. I can't remember whose car it was that was all smashed in, and they're driving, and they're like, "Oh, we're still green." And all of a sudden, oh, now the caution finally comes out. I'm like, "What? Are, what are we doing? Why is this happening?" A virtual safety car could probably fix some things like that, but I don't know if it would really all work out. Like I like to say, it's I don't like to compare series because it's just two different, completely. Different forms of racing in general. No, I, you have forty cars on the track at one point sometimes, or thirty-six. Whoever shows up that week to mm-hmm. twenty cars that are easier to control half the time. Right, but I I like the idea of a virtual safety car in NASCAR on road courses because I think you can get away with it, or local yellows. I a or, local yellow, or not yeah. even a local yellow. It's, break it down into sections like Formula One does. Section one, two, three. There's a caution in sector two. Yeah. Slow down when you get in there. No overtaking. You have to slow down. Uh, I think that would be complicating it too much for NASCAR. Uh, maybe, maybe. But I, I think a virtual safety car would be a good idea to look at for NASCAR. Maybe not in 2023, but further on down the road. Because I think you could quickly get a wrecker out there when everybody's driving by. Three-mile road course. Mm-hmm. Like, if it happens in turn six, you can easily get that car to safety if there's no one for another three miles down the road 
you got at least a minute, right? if not longer, to hook the car up, take it off the track, continue racing. Yeah. That, I mean, that's just me. There were too many unnecessary full-course cautions. There are. There really are. When you could have easily hooked it up and pulled the car off the track. I think, I, you know, I, I wonder if that's, that right there is maybe why NASCAR, like, decided to look and say, maybe we should not have stage breaks at a road course. Because technically, if you look at it like that, that's kind of just an unnecessary caution of us just right. driving around and just taking forever. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's There's no point yeah. in driving around that long for a stage caution, let alone how many caution laps did we have there? It took forever. Yeah, I don't. Uh, sometimes I just don't understand NASCAR's doing. I don't know if it's like in the rule book that they have to do a certain amount of caution laps. But sometimes you're just riding around like there's nothing else on the course. There's nothing else on the track. We've already got everything cleared up, and we're still running another two laps. Right. <laughs> what are we doing? There's a minimum caution. Yeah, there's got there's got to be a minimum caution laps somewhere in the rule book. I mean, it's ridiculous. You have to really think about it. Right. I've never thought about it like that before. But like, you do. For me, I don't know if anybody else does it. But when I sit at home and I'm watching the race going. So why are we still under caution? We've already come back from a commercial break. There's nothing out there. And we're still riding around. Right. I just don't understand. Right. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, man. That, that's my two cents on a possible virtual safety car. Not saying it's going to happen. Yeah, but, but <laughs> not so fast. <laughs> but I feel like it could happen if done correctly. Everybody's monitored. it. Everybody does what they say they're going to do. And, and I think that could help the flow of the race even more in addition to taking away the stage cautions, in addition to doing the rest of that stuff. That's the way I feel. But anything else regarding no. uh, the, maybe the, vir- the possible virtual safety car, I'm not saying it's a possibility, but the theory yeah, of a virtual yeah, safety car. an idea. Car. An idea say. that Ramblin' About Racing has. Yeah, plenty of right, ideas. But anything else about that? No. Now we go from the virtual safety car, which could have alleviated a lot of problems, I feel, local yellows to the overtime that NASCAR has, which has caused a big controversy and big talking points within the sport at this point, saying get rid of it and everything like that. I want to hear your take on it first, and then I will get to mine. I think we've covered this a few times in the show, but not, yeah. a, not a lot. So go ahead, Preston. <laughs> get rid of it. Let's, get rid it, of it. It, okay. it needs to change. I have no. Does it need to change, or do you want to just get rid of it? Totally? No, it needs to change. One, okay. that's it. One right. and done. If we can't figure it out after one, that's it. I'm tired of it. I've been tired of it before in the past at different tracks. But my God, if you have it, if fans that have been in favor of overtime rules, if if, if fans are not opening their eyes to what happened this past weekend. I mean, they just they're obviously just on another planet. I mean, right. this is this past weekend is just uncalled for at this point yeah it was really ridiculous seeing what they had three overtimes which is back in the day the max that they had they had three attempts at overtime yeah now now it's unlimited yeah i agree yeah i'm with you there that's way too many it is way too many because then there's so many variables that could go wrong there's so many drivers trying to go for it oh now they're bunched up i could go for it again and, and so on and so forth but then we get to this and, and I'm I like you. I'm sure you're the same. I'm just, I know a lot of race fans out there hate when you, especially when you're there at the track, hate for a race to end under yellow. Oh, I don't care. You don't I'll care. Take, I'll take anything at this point. Okay. I don't care if it ends under yellow. It's a no, race for God's sake. No, no, I'm I'm with you there. I'm with you there, and I see your point. 
but I, I if they want to in NASCAR, I com, commend them on trying this for this amount of time. Now, I mean, you could go all the way back to Daytona this year and say Kyle Busch should have been hoisting the trophy. You you could probably take it when they implemented the overtime rule all the way to now saying, well, this driver should have won this and this driver should have won that in various situations throughout history when they started the overtime rule. But it's not like that anymore. Now we, I mean, are we too far gone to get rid of it now? Or, or are we there? Are we in the changing moments now where not only stage break on the, or stage cautions are on the table, on the chopping block, I should say, but overtime is on the chopping block. I, I, yeah, we're not too far gone from any of that. I think this is a time. I think now this is this is the year where NASCAR is going to start figuring it out. And I mean, they're like you said, they're already taking a look at stage breaks. Yeah, it's only been one race, but of course they're going to keep looking at it the rest of the way through. They're going to think about it. I mean, yeah, they have to think about it at any other tracks, just like with overtime. It overtime it can vary at any other tracks. But you have, I mean, this past weekend, Ryan Priest even said it. What a bunch of hacks. It pretty much was. Three overtimes in a row, and everyone's like, oh, well, guess what? If I send it full send in, full send into turn one, somebody's going to wreck. Well, I'm going to gain about five or ten positions, and we're going to do it all over again. Guess what? I'm right even closer to the front. And I that's what I'm getting tired of. That's what I got tired of. Kudos to Tyler Reddick. I mean, my God. That guy drove the wheels off the car to make sure he stayed he in did. front the entire time. And, he, and like Kyle Busch even said in an interview after, Kyle said, you know what? He was asked about racing him. He said, you know what, I gave him the space because he's always given me, you know, the respect. Kudos to them for racing hard as they can, but everybody else behind them, it's just all it is. That's what it's come down to at this point. I feel like that's what it is with this sport. NASCAR is trying to control the narrative. Oh, and drivers are just love, just eating it up. You know, stage breaks that come. Oh, cool, guess what, a restart? Well, guess what, I'm going to go for it. Because I'm sure a caution is going to come out at some no, point, especially yeah. at the end. It's ridiculous. If you put one overtime in there, I feel like we might be able to get through turn one a little bit with more sanity. You know, like Ryan Priest said, it's just a bunch of hacks and somebody needs a butt kicking because everyone's just in there just running each other over and we're going to do it all over again in a second. I have to read this to you. Jeff Gluck, the caution for Brad Keselowski with 11 laps to go came out at 5.26 p.m. local time. The race ended at 6.27 p.m. local time. It took an hour to run that last little bit of the race. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Is it it time for NASCAR to wake up? Yeah, I'm sure they're probably like, "Uh, we'll think about it. You know, I'm sure they've caught some flack. But I've heard other people out there that say they have no problem with this stuff. But you know what that is? That's probably the newer fans that don't know anything that have only been watching over the last three years. Right. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry if I'm stuck in my old ways or not, but I just find it absolutely ridiculous. No, I, I completely see where you're coming from. I think if they get rid of it, yeah, get rid of it. But don't say one and done. But the ha- for the, Ryan Freese's comment with the hacks, is that more of a product of the drivers? Because I don't think it's a driver's fault. No, he's he's just calling he's calling drivers out. But no, I mean, but you, I don't see what how that's the driver's fault. I see that of a product of the the box and the system that NASCAR has put these drivers. Oh, okay, in. I see what you're that's saying. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Okay. Is it really the driver's fault or is it NASCAR's fault at that point? Because I feel like he's just subliminally saying NASCAR is a bunch of hacks when drivers are following the rules, racing hard, and have had there be a caution, and I gain. Five to ten positions, like to your point. Well, then I gain five to ten positions. I just, I, I, there, there has to be a way to. 
I don't. There's just, there's got to be a way to figure it out instead of having, like I like I said, I know it varies at every track, but when you watch it this past weekend, it's like watching a demolition derby in turn one. No, it was, and everyone's just like five wide, and someone is gonna get punted at some point. I mean, just I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I just I, I think one. I think if NASCAR needs to look and they really think hard on this one, I think one overtime is enough. Yeah. You know, we can't please everybody. NASCAR no, cannot please can't. everybody. NASCAR's like, oh, well, we and think we, that and, the and, fans and, should get a green flag finish. Well, you know what? It doesn't happen like that all the time. Instead, all the time, no. we're going to sit there for an hour hoping that you guys are going to get what you want. And they'd be like, oh, this is what the fans want. Well, you know what? Maybe the fans don't want to sit there for another hour. No. <laughs> you know? I mean, dang, no. man. I, I've been at long races before, <laughs> and it's just like, okay. Come on, guys. Get it together. Let's finish this thing. That's what I was thinking watching on TV. I'm like, oh, my God. Here we go again. And I'm just like, oh, here comes it. I know another caution's coming. And it come, and I'm like, all right, well, then we're going to try this for a third time. And I'm just like, and I'm just thinking to myself, oh, my God, well, we have unlimited attempts. We're never going to make it. We'll no. never get this thing done, you know? Yeah. Just, ugh. One overtime is enough. One overtime is enough. Okay, I agree with you there, Preston. I, I, I'll take one. I'd rather them attempt it and fail than say they're not going to attempt it or we're going to try it until it, it succeeds. The, the definition of insanity is doing something over and over again the same way and expecting different results. Yeah, somebody. And I feel like that is what happened this weekend at Coda, which was up to that point a great race. I just, it was, it was so funny what was happening, and people were out there putting it on Twitter. And I think Bob Hockress, I think it was Bob Hockress, somebody else, I, it was either him or Jeff Clark, I can't remember. Somebody said, Oh, we were so, we were just not that far off the beating path of this being a circus. And I, 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 I had retweeted and I said, jokes on them. We're already at the circus because this is ridiculous. After, right. I already called it a circus after two times. No, yeah. It's just, it's ridiculous. It was. And, and the length of time it takes to run a caution lap at Aracota is ridiculous yeah. in itself. The majority of it wasn't them cleaning up the track. It was them running three or four laps. So maybe 12 to 15 miles. Yeah. Under caution, Naracota, and, and waiting for everything to clear and in the track to get blown off. And in the every, it was just ridiculous yeah. there at the end. I agree with you. Change it up, get rid of it, but something's got to change before they drop the green flags this weekend. All I'm going to say about that. Anything else regarding that? No. All right. Next one. You could go back to any episode of Rambling About Racing or any episode of when we were called In the Marbles. And this is always going to be one of those topics that is brought up. And again, I just got to say it because it was front and center this this weekend, blatantly just pitiful and pathetic. Cup drivers going down the Xfinity truck to win a trophy. Oh, we want to win a trophy. Oh, I can't run it all the time in, in the Cup Series, so I'll go down the Xfinity Series, and I'll go down to the Truck Series just to log laps and get a trophy. Number one. Suspect in that one, Kyle Busch, though he's changed his attitude around a little, but Kyle Busch coming down to the Xfinity Series, taking out Sheldon Creed, who's running for Xfinity Series points, having a great run up until that point. And Kyle Busch didn't even win the race. It was another cup driver, if you want to call him that. I'll use that term loosely. A.J. Allmendinger, he's, I think he needs to stay in the Xfinity Series, if you ask me. He had better luck down there. Just taking him out for no reason whatsoever, except to get a trophy. Taking points away from... Tyler Reddick, AJ, or not Tyler Reddick, taking points away from Sheldon Creed. AJ Allmendinger winning, taking points again away from an Xfinity Series regular. In the Cup Series, in the Truck Series, we saw the same thing almost. 
Because although Zane Smith did end up winning, safe right there, but it looked like a Kyle Busch show way up to that point. But again, I we're not going to spend long on this because you can go back and listen to episode 42 of this show and you'll hear the same thing had it happened that weekend. Agree, disagree. I mean, I heard the commentators even say, oh, cup ser- or truck drivers like Cup Series drivers coming down like Kyle Busch because then if they beat him, they beat him. We heard Brian Barnhill say the same thing. It was like episode five or six. Go back and listen to it. I mean, listen to the horrible quality of it. <laughs> but then you can listen to it. And, he, and I asked him, you know, do you like that fact that Kyle Busch comes down all the time and races? You guys know if I beat him, I beat the best. Well, at this point, you're losing points, especially if you're like in the championship hunt. And then come cutoff time, if you miss it by a point, and guess who was in front of you? A Cup Series driver who was there just for bragging rights, you lost it because of that. To me, it's not fun. Well, maybe If they... you're going to change the over... If NASCAR's looking at overtime rules and getting rid of stage breaks and all this stuff, then while you're at it, chop that off the block. Uh, and I'm not going to spend forever on this because we've beaten this like a thousand right. times to this point, but that's that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Well, that... Again. Again. But it will come up again in two weeks. It will well, come up again. To your point about the whole points thing, maybe, they're, maybe NASCAR could figure out a way to, you know, maybe those... Guys can be null of the points, and then guys in the lower series can earn the rightful amount of points where they would have been. I guess you could say. I, 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 mean, I think that, there's a way to no. maybe do that. But So there was a few years ago, I called into a local radio show, and they were talking. It was um, it was ESPN Radio. It was local. And every Tuesday, they were talking about NASCAR. And I called in, and I, they were talking about those bigger-name guys being in lower series, and it was it had to do with Kyle Busch. And I, you know, I asked them, you know, what, what do you think that could be the reason for? And they said that sometimes it has to do with sponsorship. There are sponsors out there that will pay money for drivers to be racing in the series like that. And so that's, you have to, I, so I've always kind of looked at it like that. There are sometimes drivers are down there because there are certain sponsors that don't have sponsorship in the Cup Series that only have sponsorship down there that want drivers like that to be driving the car because it gets them more airtime and, you know, things of that nature. But, it's I don't know. There's kind of like a fine line, you know. So I'm sure some of it is that, and then I'm sure some of it is drivers that are down there to get the practice time for what's happening. And I w- I don't know if you could really directly blame NASCAR for that, since you know they take away practice for just about everything in general. You know, you have drivers that are driving, like you say for Coda or you know for any other races coming up this year. You can use you can look at it like oh it's kind of like practice. You know, of course somebody could say oh you know, an Xfinity car is different than a, a next gen car. Well that. I don't give two craps about that. It's the same track, <laughs> you know? You're just trying to get seat time. I mean, I don't know if that could be one of the reasons is if it's directly linked to that, but I think it's just a multiple variable of things, honestly. Yeah, I mean, that sponsorship thing makes sense. You, if you're going to pay for that car to be on track, you'd want it for it to have the best possible chance to win. And I think that goes without saying on any type of level of auto racing. You want to see that car succeed if you're putting hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars into that organization. You want to see that car up front dominating. However, that totally contradicts what the telecast said and the commentator said, oh, they're down there for a trophy. You're either down there for a trophy and donating the money to the Special Olympics or something like that, which I guarantee you they're not. Or you're going out there just to push around the lower level series drivers. Come on, man. I don't know. I, I don't know. You I, could be right. I don't know. I, I think I am. They're not down there for a trophy. They're down there because, hey, 
I got $50,000 for you to race in this race. Absolutely. Oh, on top of that, I could have a good chance of winning another, let's say, 20000 That's a $70,000 payday for just driving around the track. Like, thank you. Take my money and leave. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I got the trophy as well. Give me this break. Oh, they're down there because they want a trophy. They just want a trophy. They want to earn money, and that's, that's that, man. Give me a break with that. I don't agree with that one iota. Not one iota. Okay, we're going to beat that thing till it's dead in the face right there. Big one coming up here. Unless you got anything else, anything no, you no, want to add? Because no. we got a couple more before we even get into the previews of this weekend. Over the past couple of weeks, there has been talk in the garage. I've seen it on social media. I've seen it everywhere else where drivers like Denny Hamlin, drivers like Kyle Busch have been talking about there's a lack of respect in the garage area. And I feel like we're way past the point of discovering this. I feel like it's been there for a while. It's just now finally somebody shined a line on it and said, let's put this out there for the whole world to see. Because Kyle Busch said this this kind of disrespect or this kind of lack of respect, I should say more so, for other drivers didn't happen when Dale Jarrett was around Terry Labonte, Dale Earnhardt Sr., Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, a lot of these big guys who were established in the sport at the time didn't do. Now, I, I blame it on, I could blame, you could blame that on Kyle Busch as well. He's a senior driver in that series along with the Kevin Harvick who's retiring. But it's called police your own. That's one. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do something, do it right there. Or take care of it at the lowest level. Take him behind the garage and talk to him. If he doesn't get it, whoop his butt. Right. Two, this past week in Dakota, in that whole chaos of the overtime, there was an incident between the 48 of Bowman, the 99 of Suarez, and the 1 of Chastain. Now, Chastain didn't cause this, I think, but he was in there, which affected Suarez, taking him out of a very good finish. He was running well up to that point. After the race was over, Chastain... And I'm sure everybody's seen this. We posted it on our social media. Chastain hunted down the 48 by moving the one out of the way. Oh, Suarez. Suarez. What did I say? You said Chastain. Yeah, well, he hunted down Chastain. I don't know if I... Whatever. The 99... I'll just say the 99. The 99 of Suarez hunted down the 48 of Bowman while going through his teammate of Chastain going on the pit road. Aggressively on the pit road. Now, you want to talk about... Lack of respect and lack of safety, that's it right there. That's a situation where veteran drivers like a Kyle Busch, I don't, I can't, Harvick's checked out. Don't depend on Harvick to police you. He's like, hey, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. But Kyle Busch needs to do it. And a few, Denny Hamlin is a senior driver in there. Uh, those drivers need to step up and say, hey, Suarez, that was uncalled for, and you get whatever you deserve. And I think Suarez deserves a, a suspension for what he did there. I wouldn't, uh, I think he does. If, Maybe a little bit more of a hefty, heftier fine than what he got. But this, the fines don't do anything. Well, well, maybe points. Maybe points. Maybe some points. But probably. even then, I mean, points don't, oh, who cares? He wins a race and he's, he's in. Well, I mean, I, that's just my thing. I, I think I get what you're saying about the whole lack of respect thing. I mean, like, what's what? it's not called for to go and start ramming people's vehicles. Why don't you get out and just have a talk about it? Well, why not get out like they did old school and fight? <laughs> that too, you're right. I would, much, that too. I would much rather see Suarez go up to Bowman, circa Las Vegas, Kyle Busch going up to Logano and punching him in the face. And of course, all the teams are going to get in there because, oh, we don't like fighting. Don't get a touch, my driver. Man, hockey style that crap, man. 
I want to see. Used a, to have I would love. I, yeah, we, the last big fight we had. What was it? Ooh. You I mean, I remember like the uh, made, Jeff Gordon and Keselowski. Yeah, one Jeff, on Gordon, Kez, Jeff Gordon, Jeff Gordon, Keselowski. Of course, Harvick came through and pushed Keselowski. Well, yeah, Harvick that. was a little pansy right there. <laughs> that, that's a whole other situation right there. <laughs> what but, about? Um, oh, do you remember at, back at Charlotte? Uh, it was years ago. I think it was before that one where um, somebody hunted down uh, Keselowski or somebody. Yeah, in the Kenseth. Back. Kenseth, and he came through and he, gave, he put him in like the headlock or whatever. Right. And everyone was just like, "Yes, this is great." But, but see, then I mean, yeah. But then the last fight I could think of, just thinking of it, was Gibbs and Sam Mayer in the Xfinity series. Oh, and okay. even then, I mean, like I don't know what it is, but the officials need to act like linesmen and say back up. And if any if any team member gets involved in it, like third person, just like hockey, you're you're gone this next weekend. You're suspended. I think they could. I I think it should get to that point because it's gotten to the point now. If you're so worried about these drivers running over each other, NASCAR's not going to do anything but fine them, and that goes to a charity. Who cares? And the owner pays for that. That's not going to affect anything. Points you're not going to take away because now we're in this era where it's winning. You're in. And all Suarez needs to do, if he does get points taken away, is win Sonoma, win another road course leading up to the cutoff race, or even win Daytona, Talladega. We'll just put that out there. And he's in. That's a good point, too. You're right. So there's no incentive and penalty on taking points away. Now, back in the day, like Winston Cup days, yeah, you take points away. Wow, we're in a deficit now. Yeah, we're, we're going to be hurt. We're hurting the next at least four or five weeks Yeah, until we can make that up, if not surpass it. You can't take points away anymore. You can't find them anymore. Half the drivers go, and I'm not, I'm, remember when NASCAR said, oh, go, let, it happen. let them have it. Have at it, boys. <laughs> Yeah, don't, I don't, that. but there was no half at it because when they did, they would separate them. Or they would always be in between them before they would even. Or you know, if guys were just want to have words, and you have officials that are separating them, and they're just trying to have words, you know, I don't like. Yeah, that. Let them chirp at each other, man. Because if not, you know what I would do if I really wanted to whoop your butt. I'd say, hey, man, let's go talk about this. And I'm going to whoop your butt where nobody could see it. Right. But guess what? <laughs> next next week at the track or next interview you go to, you're going to have a shiner. And I'm like, what happened there? And you best not wrap me out. <laughs> I mean, that's just my thing, man. <laughs> if you want to go back to this, this, if you want to bring respect back to the drivers, have them police themselves. Don't fine them. Don't penalize them points. And then guess what? Eventually, the younger drivers... Like Suarez, Chastain, Bowman, I would say all three of those guys would go, oh, if I don't just deal with it one-on-one and use my car as a weapon, which you shouldn't do. No. It's equivalent to using a hockey stick. All I can think about is the Bordeaux incident. That's all that needs to be said if you're a hockey fan. You understand that. Don't use your car as a weapon. Get out of the car. Take your helmet off. Go up to them. Don't sucker punch them like Ty Gibbs does. Talk to them. If there's pushing and shoving, there's pushing and shoving. Just oh, let's see what happens. And should there be a punch thrown? Oh well. Yeah, it's it, it's funny you you say things like that because you you can go back and, and watch interviews from like you know the 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 nineties and the two thousands where like even when you didn't have guys that were actually just you know gonna f- duke it out. You know, I remember one time like Boris said, 
he had words about Greg Biffle one time in the garage area after he had wrecked out, and he said, that guy just needs a butt whooping. You know what? I'm going to find him at some point. I'm going to tell him, and I'm going to probably give it to him. You know, we don't even see that these days now. Guys have to be so careful what they, what the words they choose when they're getting interviewed. Like, they can't even talk trash about other other guys anymore. And that's why, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, the, the 90s and the early 2000s were some of my favorite times of racing as well, is because you had guys, the older guys, that were going to give those young guys and say, hey, look, you better put some respect out there. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, I mean, that, that was just good old school racing, man. Right. And nowadays, guys just, they have to be careful what they say when they're being interviewed, when they're talking about somebody. Or sometimes they just don't want to say anything at all because then they're going to get in trouble for it. No, I agree. And and if you want to fix this lack of respect, don't complain about it to Bob Crust, Kyle Busch. Don't complain about it to Jeff Gluck or any other writer out there. Deal with it yourself. Anything else regarding no, that? No, not, like, I think you pretty much. I think, I th- you, I think we hit have, the nail on the head. You got a pretty. You make a pretty good point. And if Kyle Busch happens to be listening to this episode of Ramble and Mass Racing, let's see what these guys are about, and he gets a little mad. Well, then you probably are the issue. I find that that when you get mad, when I call you out and you get mad, odds are it's true. Hey, Matt, you're drinking too much. Well, shut up. Well, maybe I am. <laughs> or at that point, <laughs> at that point, I'm probably like, no, nah, man, no, nah, nah, you, you drink too. <laughs> All right, anything else regarding this past weekend? I know you got something we want to bring up here before we get going. Big news coming out of NASCAR before the taping of the recording of this episode on Wednesday, the penalties. Yes. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it to you here, Preston. Hendrick Motorsports, uh, they had their – the penalties were not completely rescinded. It was the points that got rescinded. See, again, who cares? I, I care. I mean, no, no, no. Again, I go back to this, and I get it. This is a totally separate situation in regards to a part on the car vice the actions of a driver on track. Right. Which suspended four crew chiefs from the Hendrick Motorsports stables, which fined them $100,000 each team and 100 points until then, until now, I should say, taken away from each team. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that's that's okay. So, yeah, so they had the, the points... So what happens when, so I, I didn't, I, I'm just now learning something new about this as well. The appeals, the appeals panel is something that's completely separate from NASCAR. Yeah, they're not even officials. They're not even official. And so like everybody that's losing their mind saying, oh, this is, this is all NASCAR's fault. This is not NASCAR's well, fault. Well, NASCAR is actually pretty upset about this one. Well, I mean, at the same time, if you're NASCAR and whenever they started this appeals program and they said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If we do this and we either appeal a penalty or keep a penalty, we're going to look biased to one team or another. If we, if like NASCAR was calling the shots and they said, we're going to appeal the penalty, well, how much did Rick Hendricks slide him? Right. Money talks. I mean, you can make the argument about that. And if the penalty stayed there, oh, well, I guess Joe Gibbs Racing or Stuart Haas Racing got to them or Penske or somebody got to NASCAR and whispered in their ear and said, man, you should keep this penalty, man. And give them the deficit because, I mean, I mean, I can see why NASCAR did it, but at the same time, NASCAR shot themselves in the foot for having unbiased people come in who probably know nothing about what's going on there and go, ooh, that's pretty harsh. Well, I, I do know, so I have heard that the appeals panel is made up of three people and it tends to rotate every so often. And one of, word on the street is, I don't know if it's really official or not, I think Jeff Gluck, Put it out there, which I mean, it's got to be somewhat official. He's pretty good. At, he's pretty spot on about a lot of things. One of the members, current members right now, is Bill Lester, who's a former Truck Series driver. Right, Bill Lester. 
Uh, so, I mean, I look at it like this. So, I, I really feel like unless there's information out there that the appeals panel has that the public is not going to know about, I mean, I, I can't, I can't, I can't stand by this decision and say, oh, that's, that's, that's fine with me. And, you know, and, oh, man, I really don't want to lose my mind over this, but oh, I'm going to, do. I am going please to do. lose my freaking mind about this because I am upset. And, you know, NASCAR put out the statement and said they were upset about it too. And I get it. They shot themselves in the foot with this by having a panel like this to let people come and appeal stuff as a third party or an outside party or however you want to skin it. It's just, oh man, it just it, it's it's irking my nerves right now. It's irking. All right, all right. well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little justification to your irkiness here because I got the statement from NASCAR right here. Okay, yeah, to, let's read the statement. First. I wanted to read this, and I'll keep it right here for those watching YouTube. <laughs> we are pleased. This is from NASCAR. We are pleased that the National Motorsports Appeal Panel agreed that Hendrick Motorsports violated the rule book. However, we are disappointed that the entirety of the penalty was not upheld. A points penalty is a strong deterrent that is necessary to govern the garage from following to govern the garage following the rule book violations and we believe that there was a an important part of the penalty that was an important part of the penalty in this case and moving forward we will continue to inspect and officiate the nascar garage at the highest level of security or scrutiny sorry to ensure a fair and level playing field for our fans and our entire garage nascar now we've already said it you can take points away from byron all day he's locked in with two wins he's going to make it into the championship or the the playoffs here Kyle Larson has yet to break his way in but he will I have a feeling Bowman's gonna win a couple races here between now and Daytona in the fall or spring race whatever you want to call it and Chase Elliott when he comes back well yeah he's NASCAR's most popular driver of course he's gonna get a wafer of course he's gonna come back we I discussed that a few weeks ago when I was flying solo yeah he's gonna come back Kyle there's no way NASCAR lets Chase Elliott just sit out of the postseason I use that term lightly, though. Let's him sit out the postseason, and even then, this doesn't really affect him because he wasn't—he's not hasn't been driving since week what two or three. Yeah, NASCAR did this to themselves by not being what they are—a sanctioning body. Yes, NASCAR did this to themselves because they want to be as unbiased as possible. But if you were calling the shots, if NASCAR was actually playing by their own rule book, which they go through, I'm sure, every po- every preseason and go, that's our rule book for this season. Mm-hmm. The points would have been in place and still taken away from Hendrick Motorsports and the fines and everything, which are still there in place, will still stay instated. NASCAR needs to take control, not... They need to take control of their sport. Correct. Quit having people run their sport this appeals panel though great on paper now you see the error of your way jim france needs to take control of his sport and say okay we're going to get away with the appeals panel oh we're going to get away with this we're going to do this away and if you don't like it there's indycar there's imsa there's your local short tracks anything else you want Mm -hmm. your thoughts yeah no you're absolutely 100% 100% correct. Now, as far as the points go, again, if they wanted to get hurt with the points, then 
the current point the current point system is not how you yep. can't kill people with the current point no, system now. NASCAR shot and we've said this before plenty of times that they've shot themselves in the foot with this and it's a stupid point system to begin with. And I don't care if they're listening to me or not. It's a dumb point system. NASCAR's on this thing now where they're trying to give everybody a chance. And these single source suppliers NASCAR thinks, oh, this is this is supposed to give everybody a chance. Okay, cool. Well, guess what? Jack Canales comes out and says, oh yeah. By the way, we modified those parts. Okay, and then I gotta hear, I gotta read comments. I gotta hear people on the radio, all these fans that say, oh yeah, no, I, I agree that it's a good thing they took the points away because you know what? They didn't get to race that part. I don't give two craps if they got to race the part or not. They modified the freaking part. Guess what? They got caught before they got onto the track for practice. Right. Oh, so and people want to say, well, we don't know if that would have gave them advantage or not. Okay, that's great. I don't care, though. NASCAR's at this point where they're going to penalize people because they're changing the parts. If Hendrick is out there saying, oh, yeah, we did it. Hey, we by the way, we did it. And the people say, I was like, oh, yeah, hey, guess what? We see that they did it. But we're going to give them the points back. And guess what that shows me right there? We can get away Everybody with can get away with everything now because you know what? The fines don't matter We're, for half of those guys and neither is the spending crew chiefs half the time. Right. But doesn't. now that you're giving points back, which it doesn't matter anyways, like we said in the current point system, now that you're giving points back, oh, well, guess what? We can go out there and do it until we get caught. Oh, well, we'll get caught at the race weekend's over. Oh, okay. Well, then you're going to take points. Not, with, like, what, what, not, what, what are we doing? I remember last season when they came out with these new new like rules to say that the severity of penalties. Yeah. It, to the point where you could be sat out for a race where, no, you're sitting out, you're disqualified from this race weekend. Where is that coming in? I, I feel like that isn't being implemented like it was last season where they dropped a hammer on RFK racing. They dropped a hammer on them. Well, it's, and it took them a year yeah. to, I feel, recover yeah, it, from everything with that. NASCAR is not playing by that rule anymore. Well, you know, when this thing happened... And I get appeals. Yeah. You I, should be able to appeal a penalty. Of course, absolutely. But, you know, at this point, when this happened, I thought the first thing that came to my mind was, okay, well, let's give it a chance and see what happened. Maybe it has to do with the supplier itself. Maybe something was messed up or wrong. But when Hendrick Motorsports is coming out and saying, oh, yeah, we actually did change that a little bit. And NASCAR's like, well, actually, we told you, you can't do that. Hello? So then drop the hammer. Hello? If NASCAR right. wants to make everything equal or try to make it an equal playing field, which I know you can't make it a complete no, equal can't. playing field. This is na this is racing, for God's sakes. Someone's going to find corners somewhere to cut. But if NASCAR's coming out and saying, hey, we're trying to make it as equal as possible, and, you know, Jack and Alice over here like, hey, you know, hey, we, did, we did change it. Okay, well, then guess what? You're going to get hit with the fine. And... All these people want to come out and defend them and say, oh, well, they did get on track, so it's a good thing they didn't take the points away. No, they were just discovered before they got on track. NASCAR just happened to discover them this time around before we got to the end of the race. Right, and, no. you, can, and you can't blame the supplier on this because my first thought was, well, these are manufactured parts. They don't make these in the shop anymore. Yeah. So then I thought, well, maybe it was a supplier issue. No, no, it was just Hendrick Motorsports who only have this problem. Hmm, only Hendrick cars yeah. have this issue. Hmm. Okay. Well, maybe it wasn't a supplier issue at this point. Maybe it is the issue of they're modifying parts. Now this opens up a door and I feel like a slippery slope to where drivers and crews will, and teams will go there to the racetrack and say, we're going to do A, B, and C. If they happen to catch B, 
we still passed it with A and B I just, or A and C. In and, and any other type of yeah. scenario, if they happen to catch all three of them, they catch all three of them. But then they didn't catch Z or something like that. They, I mean, they, NASCAR and teams have been playing this smoke and mirrors game since the inception of NASCAR. Let's see here, 1948, 75 years ago. They have been playing the smoke and mirrors game, and now teams have learned this car, just Gen 7 car, I almost call it the car tomorrow. They've <laughs> almost learned this Gen 7 car to the point where it's like, now we can start playing these smoke and mirrors games. Now, if I was Chad Knauss and Hendrick Motorsports, I would have done it on one vehicle, and I would have been the nine car since Chase Elliott was out for that weekend. Fair enough. I would have just tried, well, let's try it on the nine. They can't hurt Chase. He's, he's hurt, and yeah. he's going to get a waiver. I mean, if Hendrick Motorsports was smart, they would have just kept it to one car. But no, that, let's try it with all four. Let's see what happens, you know. Yeah, I mean, we could go down a rabbit hole on this I just, one. I, at this point, I just, at this point, I'm like, you know what? Now I, re- I want somebody else to do something. Try it and see what happens. What, can you, what good is it going to do? It's like, it can't, obviously, at this point, it can't hurt you because we have this appeals panel that's just going to... There has to be something in the background. There has to be accountability. There, but it's not just that. There's, there has to be. There has to be a reason that we're not going to know. Where the appeals panel just says, "Oh yeah, well we'll give them all their points back." They, we'll never know. They're never going to come out and tell us, give us a reason why they just decided to give the points back. Because, like I said, the money's not going to hurt them. It's Rick Hendrick. Are you kidding me? A hundred thousand dollars four times? Psh, whatever. They're probably he's, like they probably, he probably already wrote that check, man. He's yeah, like, he, here you go. He, he spends that in a week. You know, yeah, weekend just, out in the barbecue. Once, at this point, I'm like, I'm so it, just, it, it irked me when I found out about this. I was just like, you know what? At this point, I want somebody else to try it, do something, finagle apart, and let them hit you with the fine and points, and then go to the appeals panel and see what happens. If they don't rescind your points, oh, then we got a, then we have a problem. Right. Then there's obviously some kind of games that are being played behind. behind like you said, it's a smoke and mirror. Obviously, something's and happening. Something's happening, man. I just, to me, it just, it, it, it I just, I, I'm so angry right now. It really am. I just, I'm sure I shouldn't be so upset about it, but it's, just, it's ridiculous that the appeals panel gets to come out and say, oh, well, we're going to take away some of the penalty. We're not going to rescind the entire penalty we're just going to modify the penalty no that's not how this works right. you either give them the penalty or you don't give them the penalty no yeah why are you I taking agree. the points away i don't care if the points aren't going to matter in this it's just nascar needs to like you said do away with the appeals panel and nascar just needs to drop the hammer and if they want to appeal to nascar maybe nascar could take a look at it one more time and say you know what ah now we're not going to do it this is what you got you know we've maybe told because, we've warned you it's in the rule book now, remember back in the day, and I, this was brought up, I think, various social media, I'm sure various different podcasts, and I think Blindspot even said it, where they confiscated the part. Let's say this remote control is illegal. And I'm just going to go <laughs> widescreen here. This remote control <laughs> is illegal. The reason why it's illegal is because the volume button is on the wrong side than the channel button. There's supposed to be vol- channel over here, volume over here. They got it flipped. This is an illegally modified part. Now, obviously, this is just an example, but I'm just going to go ahead and just for the sake of argument say that's what's illegal about this particular part. Now, Preston, I picked up this part from your car, did I not? Yeah, absolutely. You okay. sure did. You, I, I, you caught me. I caught you. <laughs> this is You're going to be fined 50 owner's points, 50 driver's points, which back in the day was a lot. 
<laughs> that would, that would have been a lot better than you are correct. Or, or maybe, or maybe, maybe with the old point system, a hundred and fifty points. Yeah, because they used to give a lot of points. Honestly, they, you know, they give a lot of points, and you could earn that back in a couple of weeks if you try hard enough. And I'm going to put this out here for the whole world to see on this table, out here in the garage, and say <laughs> if you guys are doing this, you best change it right now because we caught one, and if we catch you, we are going to come down harder on you. You have been warned. Crew chiefs, I'm sure Larry McReynolds would admit, like Jeff Hammond, we, we, we need to stop. We need to we need to change some stuff. They're going to catch us. <laughs> we need to or, figure or, out a different way. <laughs> we're doing the exact same thing that they're doing right now. We got to change this, and they're, they're they're already under a microscope for this particular part. Yeah. They're going to be looking for this particular part. We got to fix this. Get me a legal one. I don't care. Give me a legal one. Yeah. I, I'm not going to get fined. But NASCAR used to hold their teams accountable. With this appeals panel, this crappy appeals panel, which is new. It's newer. Mm -hmm. You used to have to go to the sanctioning body to appeal this. Oh, man, just imagine having to go to the sanctioning body. Imagine going to Big Bill France, the founder of NASCAR in 1948, and saying, I know this is illegal. And I know this this put a bad line on your sport that you created from the ground up and you built all these racetracks like Daytona, Talladega, Darlington, Martinsville, and you built all these tracks. And you built this product. And I, I'm so sorry. But if you could find it in the in the in the in the in in your infinite wisdom and in your infinite ability to just let us slide on this, give us back our points. You can keep the money. You can, you, you deserve it. And and, and if you find it in your heart to do that for us, we will be internally grateful. You sound like you're going to the great Oz. I know. <laughs> it almost is like that. If you well, find Matt, it, no. No? Okay, okay. Thank you for, thank thank you for, you for your time. Thank you for your time. I appreciate your consideration. We'll, we'll see you at the track next week and have a good week. <laughs> Can you imagine having the balls to do that? Now, I'm sure you could go up there now and go, oh, Mr. Bill Lester, I know this was wrong, but it really hurt our feelings. And, and, and if you, I mean, you can keep the money for the kids. I don't care. But if you can, I mean, the 100 points, 100 points, that's a, that's a big steep. <laughs> and, and maybe Chase Elliott's not even back from injury yet. And, and our, our team's just kind of going on Kyle Larson here. And Kyle Larson, you know, he has a history. So, I mean, I mean it's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you back your points. Uh, <laughs> don't worry about the money. And, and, and the crew chiefs have one more week of suspension. They'll be back in time after Richmond. You'll be fine. <laughs> the balls on these people, man. I can't believe it. I am crying right now. It's so funny. You did a great job Thank with you. that, by the way. That was, that was fantastic. Thank you. That's that was gonna, great. It's going to be in our Christmas episode. That, that, I, I, I have to admit, that was good. That was good. I mean, you, you, I mean, I, I can't think of it any other way to describe it. I mean, the, no, that was perfect. Come on, man. Like, for real. Like, NASCAR is, they have got to. Keep it consistent. I just, I just don't know what's happening. I, I don't want to say that the sport is just going down the drain, but, like, there's so many things that just have to be figured out again. Is I think we're just at that point where we're just, it's kind of like um, turning almost like a new leaf. Like, now they're trying to. Now we're just figuring something out again, and now we're going to go through this whole phase again. Well, I wouldn't say they're turn necessarily turning a new leaf well, no, or whatever, but, but what I will say, there's a lot of hands on that helm of the ship where there needs to be one set of hands, and that's the owner of NASCAR, Jim France, 
and he he decides where the ship's going to go. Not Steve Phelps, not the sponsors, not the appeals panel, not the team owners, not the drivers, not the crew chiefs. None of those hands need to be on the wheel except one. Now, if you want to make a suggestion, hey, I think this this would be beneficial, I'll consider it. But if I don't want to turn the ship in that direction, I'm not going to turn the ship in that direction. <laughs> I'll think about it. I'll think about it. <laughs> it's kind of like when your dad is like, hey, dad, can we go to McDonald's? We'll see. You know that means a no. <laughs> you know? I mean, come on, man. I mean, it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be to the point where we're just... One person should run the sport, and that's it. We're, do away with the appeals panel. Do the, well, Okay, that, that's what it really comes down to. Do away with the appeals panel. Just NASCAR just needs to... They need to do what they said they were going to do. They need to follow the daggum rule book. <laughs> they need to follow their own their rule book, Their own rule book. I mean, they can't even follow their own rule book. Yeah, what, what it seems what, like. Oh, boy. This is going to be an interesting... <laughs> a rule book that is out there all the time. That I I heard it a couple of weeks ago. Someone would say... Some, I, I want to say it was Dave Moody. Dave Moody said, you know what? The rule book is not a book. It's out there. It's an app that is up to date all the time. It's there. It's not just a rule book that's at the start of the season. It's there. They know what they're doing at all times. It's there. Well, and Dave <laughs> Follow Mo- it. And Dave Moody said that. Uh, Dave Moody. Oh. It is. It, it, I think it is an actual app. There isn't. It's, 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 it's online. Everything's online these well, days. I, well, I know IndyCar has their rule books pdf format i downloaded yeah, it and there. looked through it i would like formula one to do the same thing and then nascar to do the same thing but i the only rule books i find is on ebay yeah i mean i i we of course we're not a very technical show we kind of try to obviously stay with our audience who are fans but i mean if we really knew you know we just we never know what the real the real rules are maybe we need to acquire a rule book I think we can eventually. But maybe NASCAR it, will send us one. Yeah, maybe NASCAR will send us one. Now, just DM me your address. I'll DM you my address in NASCAR. Yeah. Send me your rule book. You okay. have to start apologizing to him, though. Oh, I'm, listen, oh, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry to, I'm so sorry to bother we, you, but I would really <laughs> like the rule book to break down the rules. I know that we were making fun of you last week about how you don't. And you probably didn't listen. <laughs> but you are now. But you are now. <laughs> so. All right, anything else before we get into our weekend preview here of Australia, Texas for IndyCar and Truck Series, and Richmond for the Cup and Xfinity Series? Uh, Nope. Regarding Richmond and the Cup Series, what do you expect to see with the new rule changes after we saw them implemented at Phoenix? Uh, It's still kind of early to... It's different, like, you know, we were at Phoenix, and then we had the same kind of package at the road course at Coda. It's kind which, of which didn't really make a difference. It not maybe not. I mean, cars were sliding around. Don't get me wrong. It's kind of hard to handle. I guess when you turn right and left. I I don't know. I'm not a race car driver. I wish I was. At Richmond, I don't know. I don't think it's really going to live up to the expectations that people are probably still thinking of. So, and I I look at it like this. I looked at it the weather this week, and it's supposed to. There's like a seventy percent chance of rain on Saturday. So Sunday, we could see a rain race there at Richmond. So wait, no, that's just for the Cup Series. That isn't for Xfinity Series, is yeah, it? Yeah, no, 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 no. It's not for Xfinity. So I look at it. Like it's it's going to be the the race. The racetrack may get washed. You know, the rubber might get washed off the track. But on Sunday, the high is like sixty two degrees. It's going to be kind of cool. So oh. I know a lot of people are probably relying on. It to be hot, so maybe they would be sliding around a little bit more, less grip and everything like that. But with it being cooler, there might be a little bit more grip. Right. Yeah, the downforce isn't all there. 
but there's still going to be some grip. I don't think it's really going to play out like a lot of people are hoping to yet. It's just it's something that's going to have to just evolve over time. I think that's what it is. I, I agree with you there. I, I think we're, we're going to have to wait and see after Phoenix. I mean, Kobota doesn't really count for me because that is, in fact, a road course different than a short track. We're just going to have to wait and see when it comes to that. I hope it's going to be a good race because I know last F- Richmond race, I think it was the fall race, was just a snooze fest. So I hope to see better racing on the track but again we'll have to wait and see mm-hmm. I, I mean we say that a lot on this show but we're just gonna have to wait till next week's episode to break it down again and say okay what worked what didn't and even then we're probably gonna say go back to the way it was but a lot of voices have to be heard in order for that one to be just decided right next question after phoenix and the new rules package being introduced it's kind of going on the same lines but i feel like it's a different question are you Looking forward to short track racing in 2023 like you did maybe back in the early 2000s where it was short track racing beating the banging and the and the hype lived in the in the product on the track lived up to the hype. Are you looking forward to it after Phoenix more or less? Yeah, I'm still about the same. I'm like like I said, I would like to give it a little bit more time and see if maybe this package does change it, but I don't think it's going to change it right away. It's just no. it's been. I mean, I hate to say it's just been a lackluster product for the past few years in terms of short tracks. But I also think that I think changing different packages and things like that have resulted in that being like that. I mean, the Bristol is not the Bristol that it used to be back in the 2000s. Well, because they changed out the track more so than they changed out the package. Exactly that, too. So I won't won't jump ahead and say I'm looking forward to it because I don't I'm not really expecting a whole lot, honestly. Right. I think maybe. We just I don't, just have to give it a little bit of time and see what happens. I mean, it's only going to be the second short track. Yep, I'm not, I'm I not, agree. I'm not all there yet. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it is the second short track. We'll have to wait and see when it comes to that. But to me, I mean, I don't know. I'm not looking. I, I'm going to have to say at this point, no. Just, I'm, just a straight-up no because it isn't what it used to be. They've changed so many track layouts. They've changed so many bankings. At Bristol, it used to be 36-degree banking. The steepest in NASCAR now, it's, what, 32-degree progressive banking. It's just taken away from the whole uniqueness of Bristol to the point where they, they keep trying to change it to make it better for the fans, and then the drivers complain, and then the, they just keep changing it, and now this rules package thing that came out. So for me, no. At the moment right now, no. And like you said, Preston, like we say all the time, we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. It's just not it there yet. That's all I got for Richmond. We'll get to our race picks later on in the show. But anything else regarding Richmond for the Xfinity and the Cup Series? Uh, nope. Texas coming up for the Truck Series as well as the IndyCar Series. Their second race of the season for the IndyCar Series, that is. What are you looking forward to? I know it's Texas. I I look forward to I look more forward to the IndyCar race than I do the truck race. I, I, I do sure. as well. I do as well. The IndyCar race for me is going to be the highlight of the weekend because it's a high speed oval. I miss the high speed ovals. They've gone away from that in the recent number of years. And this is the only really high speed oval that IndyCar series races on 230 miles an hour. They're zooming around that track. I mean, just 250 laps. It's going to be, or 200 laps, I believe. It's, no, 250 laps. It'd probably be quick. 500-mile race. It's going to be quick. Seems dangerous. it, it, It is, and that's what makes it fun for a fan to watch. IndyCar tweeted not too long ago, what track do you want to see back on the IndyCar schedule? 
What'd you say? Like uh, Pocono. Pocono. <laughs> of course, Pocono liked it, and a number of other people liked it. But then this one guy got on there and said, "It is too dangerous to race at Pocono." I mean, it's too dangerous to race at Texas. It's too dangerous to race anywhere, if you ask me. I mean, there's always danger. Let's be real. Yeah, there's always some danger. places are probably more dangerous than right. others. And I get it. No, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. I don't care who it is. Even though Lewis Hamilton, I don't want to see him get hurt. I don't want to see anybody get hurt or killed. I was at the race where Justin Wilson was killed. Horrible. And I'll always remember that race because of that. My first IndyCar race saw a fatal accident. Horrible as it was, you you can't always prevent it. The only way you could prevent it is not to race. And good luck telling any driver that. Right. Now, that being said, this is the only race besides the Indy 500, I would say, that anybody really looks to if you're you're an average or a casual IndyCar fan. If you're a hardcore IndyCar fan, you can follow that series from St. Petersburg all the way to Sonoma at the end of the year. But I remember they, when they used to race California, Auto Club Speedway. Uh, yes, yeah. Michigan. Mm-hmm. They used to race all these oval tracks, Pocono, another one, where it was just good racing because it was fast and it was it was dangerous. Now we, I, And I'm not saying we need to go back to, oh, we need to take off the windscreen. Just windscreen and the halo for open-wheel cars have been life-saving. Mm-hmm. totally changed the way safety is looked at and was because of that incident at Pocono where Justin Wilson was killed, which I think a windscreen would have saved his life. Or, yeah, ha- or yeah, a halo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It may have. But now we look at it like, well, how can we prevent that? We already put a windscreen on. I'm talking as far as in- IndyCar here. We already put a windscreen on. What else can we do? Well, we could race road courses. Nothing but road courses have Three oval tracks, three four oval races in there, and the only and the fastest one is going to be Texas, just due to the banking, and that's it. We got to keep Indy because that's a that's going to sell out every year. Yeah, that's a staple in the sport, just like that's a staple in the motorsports world. That's equivalent to Monaco and the Coke Six Hundred, which is crazy enough ran on the same weekend. So you can't take in that track away but we can take away the Poconos we can take away the Michigans we can take away the Californias where we've seen drivers like Greg Moore killed in California I mean like I said the only way to prevent a driver's death is to not race or if you're a driver not compete but I want to see more I'm looking forward to an IndyCar race trucks are going to be fun the double header weekend's going to be fun I think I think it's good for both NASCAR and IndyCar though be it it's not the top dogs of NASCAR Unless Kyle Busch flies over there overnight in a Joe Gibbs jet. I'm not going to take that out of possibility. But I think it is good for both, especially if you're an IndyCar fan. Well, let me see what these trucks are all about. And if you're a truck, straight-up NASCAR fan, well, let me see what these IndyCar guys have. And trust me, you'll be blown away just how fast those guys go. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely crazy. I'm looking forward to it. What about you? I d- oh, wait, you kind of already yeah. said it. Yeah. Kind of said your spill right there. Okay, now we get to your wheelhouse. Formula One, Australia. My favorite racetrack is is Australia. All right. One, I drive it all the time in the IndyCar or the Formula One games, and it's it's an easy track to learn, and it's an easy track to get around. It's fun to watch. Now, question one here. Other than Red Bull, Aston Martin, or Mercedes – who are you looking at this weekend to rebound? Ferrari. Oh, me too. Everybody. I think everybody in the F1, any F1 fan would probably easily say Ferrari needs to 
rebound decently and have hopefully have things figured out. But I just like I like I like I said before a couple weeks ago, I really think it's just bad luck. I really think they just have bad luck, man. You know, I hope that they, for the sake of them, I hope they have a really good weekend this weekend. I do as well. And I'm going to go ahead and say this right now, just for everybody out there. Ferrari's currently sitting fourth in the Constructors' Championship. Carl Sainz is fourth in the driver's standing points, and Leclerc is eighth. This could be a turnaround for them, or this could be a setback for them. Now, you want to take away points, take away points in Formula 1. Oof. Then you're at a big deficit. Yeah, That's why they do that. That's why nobody breaks the rules hardly in Formula 1. Or that's why nobody hardly gets caught in Formula 1 breaking the rules, <laughs> I should say. They also have some leniency with certain things, too. Right, but at the same time, you don't hear, or I haven't heard in a while, oh, McLaren's getting docked this many points. No. Because it's too valuable. It isn't winning you're in. No. It's a season-long championship. That's a story for another episode of Ramblin' about race, and that's all I got. I'm looking forward to a great race at weekend there in Australia. Can't wait for it. Mm -hmm. I am, too. But uh, anything else do um, that you want to bring up here? Uh, no. No? Okay. Race start times here. The Cup Series will start Sunday, April 2nd at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1, not Big Fox. FS1 this time. In fact, for all three series, FS1, that's Truck, Xfinity, and Cup. Xfinity Series will be running April 1st at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1. And followed by, and that will be followed by the truck series from Texas Motor Speedway Saturday, April first at four thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS One. We switch over back to Sunday, April second for the Formula One race, the Australian Grand Prix, starting at one p.m. Eastern Standard Time 1 on ES One A.M. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was zero one, wasn't it? Yeah, one A.M. Set your DVRs. <laughs> yeah, you might want to set your DVRs. Thank you so for much, one. Preston. You got you got me on that one, and I, I, yeah. keep, I keep talking, preaching about coming prepared, and then you one A.M. Yeah, I was. I had to do a double take too as well. Boom, when boom, I saw boom, it the other day. boom. Yeah. Set your DVRs for that one, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I know I will be. I thought that was going to contra- you know, go against. I'll be my, watching it live. I, no, I'm not. I'm going. I'm going to be in bed by then. The IndyCar race, uh, very looking forward to IndyCar race, although not under the lights, unfortunately. 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NBC, and that will be April 2nd for the IndyCar race there from the Texas Motor Speedway. Race winners, Cup, Xfinity, Truck, Indy, Formula One, the big five right there, Preston, that we cover here at Ramblin' About Racing. Who do you have? We'll start off with Cup and go all the way down to IndyCar We'll go one for one. Who do you got winning the Cup Series race? I, I Joey Logano. I think it's I think it's his, in in his favor. Joey Logano. Do you, do you think Joey Logano will go back to back? Yeah. Oh, did did you already say that on earlier? Mm-mm. No, I don't think you were there for the preseason predictions because I don't with the guys from no you weren't from with the guys from Blind Spotting. So okay, so Joey Logano's your pick. My pick, he's raced, he's won there before. I believe he did it last year. Marnitrex Jr. gets the monkey off his back and wins one and locks himself into the playoffs here going forward. Marnitrex Jr., Xfinity. You and I may have the same. Oh, no. The same Austin Hill. No, 
Oh, I I'm, know. I'm going Austin Hill. You're picking the low hanging fruit here. I yeah, feel. I have. I feel I, like I feel like I could go down the so rest. Strong, but he's so strong these days. I, I, feel, I feel like, like I, I could. Have to. I feel like I could go down the rest of the list and pick your picks. Well, hey, man, hey I bigger. got two out of three right last weekend. You, so. Well, okay, fair enough. Okay, so I got Austin. Austin Hill, Hill Sammy Smith. You know, I almost thought about picking him. I almost thought about picking him. I thought he was going to win the Xfinity Series race. Great minds must think alike because I looked at it and I was like, Sammy Smith might not be a bad pick. He already won one this season. And maybe he got done with prom, got a little more boost in his sales and going. I remember when I was his age, I was thinking Marine Corps, not winning in the Xfinity Series. Good on him, though. Truck Series. I have to say Zane Smith. Okay. Low-hanging fruit. Yeah, I... He's strong, dominant. No, you're right. You're absolutely right on that. Purdy. Ooh. Okay. I think, I think he does. I picked him a few weeks ago, but I think he does it this weekend in Texas. Okay. All right. All right. Formula One. Uh, I had oh, a tough here time we go. with no, this no, one. No, no, no. I had no, a tough time with this one. No, no. You're picking the little hanging fruit but I'm gonna, so far. No, so no, why no. Why I, stop? Why stop? Uh, I did want to pick the little hanging fruit for this one, but I'm not going to now. Well, who is it? Then? Fernando Alonso. Oh, Aston Martin. That's a long shot. Nope, I don't think it is. Aston Martin is working on some technical upgrades that they're bringing to Australia, from what I've heard. Oh, interesting. They're trying to gain some more straight line speed. I think Fernando Alonso is going to threaten for a win. Okay, threaten, but not win. I'm going to pick him to win. Okay, you're going to pick him to win, but not me. I, we talked about him earlier when we were doing our Formula 1 preview. Charles Leclerc, Scuderia Ferrari, hits the top podium set right. right there in okay. Australia. All right. And I know we don't really talk about it because IndyCar is hit or miss, but IndyCar Series from Texas, who do you have? Paddle Award. Okay, Paddle Award. Graham Rahal will get it done there at Texas this weekend for the IndyCar Series. Okay. As as much as we like to talk about Preston. We have so much this weekend. We do have a lot. There's a lot of racing. I'm so excited. Next week is going to be a heck of a breakdown, a heck of an episode. Make sure to tune in for that one. But I hope you guys have enjoyed this one. But Preston, you're ready to get into our final thoughts and uh, this week in NASCAR and our updated fantasy standings. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the fantasy standings. I did it for once. I don't know if it helped. I don't think it did. No, it didn't. <laughs> but you ready to get into our final thoughts here? Yeah, Preston? let's get it. All right. Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about a partner that has been with Ramblin' About Racing since we were called In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast and since we were on the Unhinged Sports Network, and that is Fanatics. Fanatics is your one-stop shop for everything NASCAR, for your favorite driver's T-shirts, hoodies, Hats, die cast, and so much more. But it isn't just NASCAR. I get my all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear from there, as well as my Washington Capitals gear there as well. One-stop shop for everything you need, any type of sport you need. Links can be found under the Sponsor tab at ramblingaboutracing.com, as well as the under the podcast description and YouTube description, depending on whether you're watching or listening to Ramblin' About Racing. Head over there right now and get your favorite sports gears need for this upcoming season.
White flag, one lap to go, one lap right here. Final thoughts on this week's episode of Ramblin' About Racing. Again, if you joined us here on YouTube or your regular podcast platform, uh, if you've made it this far, I really do appreciate it. For one, make sure to subscribe and to not only your regular podcast platform of this show, but for YouTube as well. We were starting to get up in the YouTube count there, Preston. I don't know if you've noticed here. I not. I haven't checked lately. We're up to 71. Subscribers? 71 subscribers wow. on YouTube. So right. go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you made it this far and enjoyed what you've seen. And even if you haven't enjoyed what you've seen, subscribe. Yes, it's absolutely. no, no skin off your back. It's not like you're paying for yeah. a subscription. No. Yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet. But Preston, updated fantasy standings following this weekend's race at Coda. I, I'm going to admit here, I did them. And I don't think it, like we said, I don't think it helped. But I, I actually sat down and went through everything and did it. So barring the last two places that we've talked about, so we technically yeah, only we, have four. Don't even count those guys not anymore. Count don't even count two. those guys anymore. Well, you're you're gonna hate that I'm not gonna count the last two because bringing up the rear end fourteenth is you, you. It is you. <laughs> I wasn't last place last week. No, nope, but you are now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so you bring up the rear with eight hundred and twenty four points. That's good. I guess. Thirteenth is smoking Woody. Thirteenth <laughs> is smoking Woody with eight hundred and fifty three points. Twelfth is T S promo D. That's a weird name still. Eight hundred and sixty six points. Grocery getter six sits eleventh with eight hundred and eighty eight points. B none three sits tenth, eight hundred and ninety seven points. Chuck eighty three eighty four, Charlie, sits ninth with nine hundred and five points. I sit eighth. I think I'm still sitting eighth. I think it was last week. Uh, 923 points. Sissy K is in front of me with 925 points, sitting in seventh. The Sports Stove sits sixth with 940. Super Sumo, 32, sits fifth with 970. S-Blades is fourth with 985. And then we get into the big three. DraftKings Research lineup sits third with 1,011. Matt Camper sits second with 1,032. And my brother still in the lead with 1,033. So Matt Camper's one behind. So 1,033 is your brother, okay? Yes. 1,033 equals. Okay. I am only 145 points out of first. I am not out of it. I am not out of it, folks. And rest assured, I am, I'm going to be coming down swinging from now till the end of the season, because I think, Preston, I can finish at a podium. Well, you finished this past week, and you finished 13th for the race. I'm looking at the results uh, now. Out of how many? Uh, 14. Oh, who was the last? Uh, the sports stove only yes. scored 96 points. You scored 128 points this past weekend. But how many did your brother score? He uh, was, Oh, he scored 174. He finished 6th this past weekend. Who won? S-Blades. 207 points. Oh, man. I have to see what the... Oh, ooh, William Byron, Jordan Taylor. Ooh, that was kind of a... Jordan, Big and Jordan Taylor is kind of a bust. I had Jordan Taylor. Yeah, I had Jordan Taylor. I had to move him, though, to the garage at some point because I was like, ah, maybe it's not a good idea anymore. My problem is I don't do the garage update thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, S-Blades would have had more if they would have done that because they had Ricky Stenhouse in the garage. Okay. He scored 35 Like I had Logano in the garage when he won. Oh. Remember that? Yeah, I do yeah, remember okay. that. Ugh. Uh, anyway, move on. Moving on, though. Move yeah, on. so, yeah. They 
I'm still in it. Performance. Yes, you are. There's it's no, early. There, it's early. But you can take a varying strategy. You could throw everybody at once. It won't all help. All the top guys. It won't help. Him. You don't think so? You know why? Because all those top guys will have something go wrong. Oh, of course. And it'll just crash and burn for me, man. <laughs> it won't work out for me. It, it never does. But, all right. Any, if that's fantasy standings. Yep. This week in NASCAR, we open the book of NASCAR history, 75 years of NASCAR history. We're going a little further back here. We're not technically doing this week. We're doing mid, maybe early this week. March 24th, 1970. During a good year tire test at Talladega, Buddy Baker becomes the first man to break the 200-mile-an-hour barrier on a closed course. Baker turns a lap of 200.447 miles an hour to establish himself as the fastest man on four wheels. And that happened this day to NASCAR, March 24th. 1970 preston that was our show thanks for showing up although it being late you know i mean I whatever man we got we, it done we were supposed to do this what monday yes and oh, i'm sick i'm sick <laughs> i don't feel good you know oh man i can't do anything yeah but, i was i didn't feel good it was it was worse was trying to watch that unbearable Triple overtime on Sunday as well. Oh yeah! While you're sick that, at the that, same time, you're just like that's what made you sick. That's what well, made that made me even more sick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Probably gave me that bad migraine. Oh okay. Well, <laughs> any, anything else before we wrap up this week's episode? Uh, Preston? Nope. I'm gonna have the DVR fired up for this weekend because, yep, man, you, I'm gonna probably have to go back and watch some kind of races. Absolutely, point, you are. See buddy. what I missed. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna have to do that as well, but. Nothing else for you. We're gonna go ahead and wrap up this episode of Rambling About Race. Oh. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of Rambling About Racing. Thank you again so much for tuning in, whether you're on your regular podcast platform or YouTube. Really do appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe to both of those to stay up to date on episodes and segments that drop later on in the week. I'd like to thank our partners for the show, Devo Outdoor Lighting, Extreme Sim Racing, Fanatics, and Stand Up to Cancer for all they do, not only for us here at Rambling About Racing, but for what they do for belly up sports as well make sure to head over to ramblingaboutracing.com that links to all of our social media platforms facebook twitter instagram and youtube like and follow those if you don't mind in addition to subscribing to youtube and your regular podcast platform for preston lude p underscore luda i'm matt beamer in beamer 22 both of those on twitter stay safe and have a good rest of your week